Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast. My guest today is Andrew Meal. He is the new Chief Customer Officer for Mediafly, managing customer success and growth revenue opportunities with existing clients. Prior to joining us here at Mediafly, Andrew was VP of Sales at Instructure, and he had a long career in sales leadership with Career Builder. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. So focusing on existing customers, um, as we're in this kind of uncertain time, uh, there's a lot of organizations that are doubling or tripling down on existing accounts. And the research seems to say that makes a lot of sense. Expansion revenue from existing customers, three to four times less expensive to acquire than new logos. And that's from TSIA. And Marketing Metrics has a similar metric where they say the probability of selling to a new prospect is only five to 20%, while the probability of selling to an existing customer is 60 to 70%. So existing customer focus seems to be a good idea. And in this economic conditions that we're in an uncertainty seems to be a smart tactic. You know, what do you think about doubling or tripling down on existing accounts and why that's a good strategy now? Well, Tom, I truly, yes, I do agree with that and doubling and tripling down. Uh, you know, when the economy is down like this, you must be steadfast in your approach. Um, do not be passive or uncommunicative with your customers. You have to be proactive. You have to offer support where you see a challenge. Uh, customers will face tough decisions. They'll, you know, go out of your way to make, you know, continue to work with them uh, make the decision easy to continue working with you, ensuring you are a, like a partner for them and their team and their business and not just another vendor is key in these types of situations. So focusing on those relationships is great, uh, but being a really good listener is one of the most important things and being proactive in those, those efforts with your customers. Absolutely. Now, a lot of accounts, you know, if you're relying on existing customers, many of us sell subscription services we do here at Mediafly. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a bigger risk now that those won't renew. Or if they do renew, you know, they'll look at adoption rates and say, well, we're only using 20%, 40%, 60% of the licenses. That's what we should be paying for. Um, haircuts may be the norm come renewal time if you're not careful with those existing accounts. And that could be death to the strategy, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the idea around being proactive is easy to say. Um, it's much harder to do. So you have to have some common principles that you look at as a business. You know, what are the KPIs our customers are looking at us and what challenges are we truly solving for them? It's not a widget that you're selling or, you know, a piece of software. It's saying, hey, what's the end user? What's that impact going to be? So you know, it's, it's tough, uh, but if you've done your groundwork ahead of time, especially during the sales process, uh, you should be able to weather these types of storms we're in right now. Absolutely. And I think one of the tactics is um, making sure that you're proving the value that you delivered to those accounts, right? The licenses that you have and using that mm -hmm. as the basis. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, being proactive may involve you working with um, exec executives, um, you know, working with your internal team saying, hey, maybe your entire sales team didn't go through, you know, the dot-com bubble or 9-11 or the economic downturns or the Great Recession. So mm -hmm. sharing those learnings, I think, is very important internally to find a clear strategy of the options you can bring to the market and ensure that your customers feel supported in those, uh, you know, conversations and strategies. 
And one strategy is to listen to your customer and ask them about how this is impacting their business, right? Uh, being flexible in contract terms is always something that you know customers ask for in, in times like this. So understanding what you're going to empower your sales teams and success team to go out there and actually offer. Like this is something that we can offer to our customers. Uh, so the contracts don't shrink, uh, things like that. So you, how do you be proactive and be flexible? But at the same time, maybe the product mix that you've sold them doesn't match what their current needs are now. And you need to backload the contract, right? Or maybe you have to swap some things in and out. I remember during the Great Recession specifically, like that happened a lot. And like, well, this is actually our need now. It's shifted completely. Uh, and those are things you have to be able to be aware of. And if you don't have a great relationship with your customer, it's getting more, more uh, difficult to actually uh, get to a good resolution. Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, empathy, and I think that's so important while we're in, you know, crisis and, and starting to accelerate now into recovery. But, you know, there, there's numbers. You've got numbers that we've got to hit, and um, you've always got to keep selling. How do you get, you know, customer success and the growth teams that you manage, how do you get them to balance that empathy versus the ability to get attention and get action? What's your advice? Yeah, I think a lot of people fear, um, they say things like, well, I don't want things to change, right? Whether it's internally within your own organization, your selling teams, or whether it's in your, within your customer base. Um, I'm a big believer in people don't fear change because they know change is coming. You know, it's the evolution, right? We all want to be evolved and get some, become uh, something better. I think the key is, is that people don't fear change. What they fear more is the uncertainty. So how do you create certainty for your customers and saying, hey, we're here to support you. Here's uh, some things that we're doing some other customers that might be able to help you to spur those ideas, right? So that empathy that you need to show towards your customers is about being a good listener. So if you have a customer success group and those CSMs are out there communicating with your customers, making sure they're, they're, they're comfortable. They've role-played maybe internally on how to have a tough conversation with a customer. What kind of questions do you need to be asking them? Because these hard selling situations of the past economic downturns you know, they taught me a lot, right? They taught probably you a lot as well going through your career. Um, and really, when the going gets tough, you the ambitious get innovative. And then I think that's a key here. It's like you have to be innovative and really say, hey, how can I help my customers solve their challenges that they're trying to do? Not say, I need to cut 200 licenses because of this budget concern. Well, if you haven't proven value previously, you're going to have a lot more of those conversations, unfortunately, in these times. So. Yeah. And I think coming to them with new ideas, you, you mentioned that, you know, they're going to amplify the risk and the cost of change. That's status mm -hmm. quo bias. It's the neuroscience of it. Um, so certainty is good, but also helping them to solve new challenges and present some new ideas, particularly if there are some that you're using with other accounts that are in similar situations. Uh, I think there's a great opportunity for that. And, and I do think that, you know, in the calls that I've been involved in with your folks, Andrew, um, when we brought those ideas forward, the customers are very receptive to it. They may not have the budget or the resources to jump on it right away, but they really appreciate that you're trying to um, look ahead and reimagine how things could be and reimagine the solution so that it can solve those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you have to build that credibility back into your teams internally. So whether it's a sales or success or support teams. And what I mean by that is you should be the experts in what you sell. You should be the experts in what you support and those customer experiences. So bring those to them. You know, if you're a, a buyer for an ERP, 
and you're selling ERP systems, that buyer, if they do it correctly, they should only buy that once. You know, they don't want to rip an ERP system out because it's so complicated and so hard to buy, let alone implement. But you as a seller or you as a success manager or a sales executive or a leader, like you sell these things over and over and over again, you are the expert and you have to showcase not expertise, but show them how you can help them by telling stories and sharing them experiences across your customer base or based off of your tenure that can help them think, oh, there is a better way or there's a different way to think through this. So mm-hmm. be showcasing that you're not just an expert, but you're there to listen and be creative, not um, just jump and saying, I'm going to propose something to you right now and saying, okay, tell me more, tell me more. Pe- I always say to my team, I'm like, peel the onion, keep asking more questions, be a good mm-hmm. listener. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't just jump out with a whole bunch of new ideas when they're still reeling from you know, what, whatever the changes that they're going through, but they do appreciate that. I know there was one customer where, um, and we've had a couple of these where, you know, they sell with iPads exclusively and uh, now everything has moved to online. Uh, mm-hmm. Those iPads are not, um, it's not that intuitive to be able to um, present off of them. So one is teach them how to use the PC version of the application instead of the iPad version. Another is give them the tools, third-party tools, and point them to them so that they can share their iPad in the meetings. And something that simple turned out to be a big problem solver for a couple of groups that we work with. And then there are others where they were looking for innovation. Um, Their business had changed dramatically and the target audience had changed dramatically, but the sellers didn't have an easy way to kind of recommend new solutions to those customers. Um, so developing a, an application that can walk the, cu- the sellers through the new discovery process and then recommend and prescribe, so diagnose and prescribe new solutions was what they needed to solve their problems because all of a sudden their sellers were like fish out of water in trying to dialogue with customers. Um, so it's meeting them um, you know, the, the sellers and the customer success people doing the discovery around what is the challenge that they're facing today, and then being able to, again, them diagnose and prescribe the buyer, whether it be tactical solutions that can help, even recommending in third-party solutions to help bridge a gap, or uh, really helping to reimagine and being much more strategic advisors as a time where they need that strategic advice. Yeah, I think it's very important to lean on your partners lean on your executive, lean on your team to come up with those ideas of, hey, how can we solve these problems possibly in a different way that our customers are facing? Because yeah. that's what they want. They want they want some options. They want you to give your advice and saying, well, this is what you do as an organization. Tell me what other what is everybody else doing? Like, are there ways that you can help me with this? And the sellers, at the same time, they say, oh, well, how, how can I rethink this of how I'm going to be able to do this? So if you're in the, you know, the world of belly-to-belly sales where you only meet with customers face-to-face, you have to rethink that and say, how can I actually do this? And it's very difficult for people to get over that hurdle. But creating an environment where it's a learning environment where they can practice that internally before they do it, role play it. There's a lot of great solutions out there that allow you to role play, share those best practices, and really be able to uh, focus in on saying, hey, this might be a time that we double down on learning within our organization to get people ready and comfortable to go out there and try this new world of selling because this could last another six months. It could last another two years. Mm-hmm. I think the evolution of working from home and the things that we're challenged with right now, we have to be able to adapt if we want to survive. And the people who stay ahead of it are going to be upfront with it and understand that it might feel uncomfortable, 
and have that relationship with prospects and customers, make it fun. Like this is, you know, this is what we do and this is a profession we chose to do. It's, it's a difficult thing to do, but it has to be fun. Uh, you know, one of my great mentors one time said to me, he goes, I used to work for a living and then I got into <laughs> sales, you know, and I always remember that. I'm like, that's so true. It was like, you know, the day-to-day grind uh, of selling has to be fun. So you have to find new ways when uh, these tough times hit. So it's cool. Absolutely. So, you know, a big change, the quarterly business reviews um, that were done in person, and we used to do a lot of them, particularly with big accounts in person, the sales calls that the growth team did, you know, I would do drive-alongs with uh, a lot of them and um, great on in-person workshops. Uh, those aren't happening anymore. And, and in fact, we don't have any schedule that I know of. So, you know, everything now is remote, but you've got to continue to be able to um, deliver. So how are you making sure that the growth teams, the customer success teams now are as powerful and as impactful in remote meetings as they are in person? What are some of the things that you're looking at and changing there? Well, Tom, uh, the good thing is that everyone is in this situation right now, Mm -hmm. right? So it becomes almost the new norm where it's almost kind of funny sometimes. Just last week, we're in a corner business review and someone's dog started barking towards the end of the meeting mm-hmm. and someone said what is that and they're like oh you know the mailman walked by or there was a squirrel at the window mm-hmm. the next thing I knew there were six of us who were on the call and all of us had our cameras on had our dogs with us I know your dog's probably sitting there right next to you knowing you're uh, a dog lover mine's, right in my lap thank you <laughs> mine's laying down on his dog bed next to me right now sleeping uh, during this rainstorm but he, you know, we had all of our dogs, all six of us, two of the three people from the customer did not have their cameras on during the meeting. The moment we started talking about dogs, they had their cameras on, their dogs are on their lap, and it became like a shared moment where it was very much, everybody's working from home, everybody's in this situation. The meeting was over, we could have all raced off to our next meeting, but instead mm-hmm. we shared that moment, and I feel like everyone connected at a different level because of that. That being Absolutely. said, though, you know, trust is a huge component of remote work. I'm a firm believer that trust is given up front and not earned. Like you don't have to earn trust with me. I, I give it to you. You can start peeling it back, you mm-hmm. know, if it's not uh, used appropriately, but setting the proper expectations of what good looks like for your team. And they're on the path for a remote, you know, work to be successful. Like you have to set those expectations of uh, where you need to be with QBRs and sales calls being remote these days. Uh, I'm not as worried about this right now, but more importantly, they use them as like a learning experience to scale your business. Mm-hmm. Challenge your leaders to join these meetings. Ensure they are recorded via your conference provider to use for follow-up, not just with customers, but internally. Mm-hmm. More importantly, sometimes internally with your team to review. You know, Learn and scale best practices is a key thing that everybody wants to do within your organization. Uh, you'll be surprised if you sit down uh, with your customer success team, for example, and you all watch a QBR together what insights they'll draw from seeing their peer and the customer interactions, because sometimes you're trying to go through bullets on a slide or something like that. And you're not listening, truly listening. Mm-hmm. And if you pause it and say, okay, what do we, what do we hear there? What did the customer actually audibly say to us? And we didn't mm-hmm. pick up on. Um, so together, you know, what insights can you draw and ways for everyone to help, you know, shape the future of how these things work. So, it's good, it's bad, but you can now um, scale, I think, in a, in a different type of way, especially around learning. In terms Absolutely. Of and, work. 
Yeah, and you're recording the meeting so you can do that coaching. Uh, you can do the peer reviews with the team so that you can uh, improve that excellence. I think um, you mentioned cameras, and I know that there are still customers, there are still some sellers that uh, don't use them. They don't have their cameras on. Um, seeing the person is uh, vital and them seeing you, you seeing them, body language is still important and it's hard to get and keep attentions during these online meetings. Want to talk about that a little bit and the use of cameras and your beliefs there? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people say, you know, the old school methodology is like, you need to match or mirror your customer. Mm -hmm. If your customer wears a business suit, you should wear a business suit. Um, if your customer uh, likes to meet only outside the office, you say, okay, let's not force them to meet in the office and meet other people. Or in this case, they don't like to use the camera. You should, use, you should use your camera. Hmm. There's some of that. It depends on where you are um, in terms of your relationship with the customer, because sometimes it's like, Hey, I used to see you once a quarter for in-person quarterly business review. Like you should feel like it's okay to see that person if they're comfortable with it. Hmm. And it's okay to have your camera on their camera, not, I think it's, you know, make sure that the, the background's set up properly, you know, make sure that you actually wear a nice, nicely clean shirt, those types of normal things that you normally do for a meeting. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't stand to... up when you just have your uh, SpongeBob uh, pajamas on. Yep. yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like I've, I've seen it too, where people like running things from their a bedroom in their house and the bed isn't made. I'm like little things like that. Like hey, yeah. let's, let's use some like best practices in terms of just etiquette. But I think the key is here around camera use is that you kind of have to mirror your customer and it's okay to ask that advice. Be like, Hey, we use, we use our uh, cameras a lot here. I'd love to say hi to you or, you know, something like that. Or my dog sitting here with me. Did I ever tell you that I have a dog and they say, well, I have a cat or, you know, tell yeah. Me next thing you know, the camera's on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You have to make it yep. personal and everybody's in these weird times right now. So I think it's, it's important to kind of do it together and say, hey, how can, we, how can we get through this together and not be so serious all the time too. So. Love it. And then the other thing you mentioned about the meetings is, uh, you know, as you're showing your, you know, most sellers are still using traditional presentations as you're going through it, you're reading bullets and um, you may not be listening or you may not be asking the right questions. How do you pro promote that? Because we've seen a lot of online meetings where it tends to, um, you know, the collaboration doesn't seem to be as it would be when you have a whiteboard maybe in the room and you can both get up to the whiteboard or you're sitting across from them and you're more comfortable asking questions. Instead, it tends to be, here's a demo and I'll go through it and, you know, I'll just plow through it all and then maybe ask for questions at the end or same thing with the presentation. Seen a lot of that in online meetings. Thoughts on yeah. how to make it more collaborative? There are some technologies that can help you. There are other ways you can do it, uh, obviously, to make engaging content. Like, you shouldn't be reading a slide ever to a customer, in my opinion. That's something they can do. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's about, you know, you can send stuff over to them ahead of time and say, hey, if you have time to read this before our meeting, that'd be great. And then it's kind of like you're flipping the classroom and then you're talking about the key points. Sometimes it's you sharing things that you've learned from working with their team or with the end users or things along those lines. But on the technology piece, there is virtual whiteboarding uh, opportunities for you to do. Mm -hmm. Even with Zoom and some of the other platforms they have, the white space and the, and the whiteboard, um, they're not the easiest things to use. Sometimes, depending on your computer, touch screens and things like that. But there's some mm -hmm. other ones that are like uh, smart boards 
and uh, smart markers. I've used those in the past. I've had teams who really exposed and be able to do some of that. Like I had an old leader, she really pushed her team on saying, hey, how can we do this? You know, at that time, a few years ago, our budgets were cut in terms of just uh, travel and expense. So she was trying to scale her business and saying whiteboarding was a big piece of how we work through workflows with customer. So we invested in a small piece of technology that allowed you to use uh, a standard whiteboard. You connect a smart marker to but mm -hmm. and that actually created like with the camera on it created like you're a virtual experience for the customer and it actually worked really well um surprisingly not all technology works so there are things you can do to try to recreate those but at the same time like make it fun like i understand i'm not sitting there in your home office with you but here's how i'm thinking about this i'm going to whiteboard this right now mm -hmm. uh, for you let me know if this is you know how you're thinking and then you can be creative so it's, it's a fun experience. Um, try some things. This is the time to kind of push your limits. No customer or no even seller ever wants to sit through a presentation where they're just talk to. Yeah. Um, so you talked about um, questions and things like that as well. Like you shouldn't go four minutes without asking a question. You should mm -hmm. probably shouldn't go two minutes without asking a question. So you have to get constant feedback too. Uh, just like you would in person, uh, check in with the customer, make a suggestion, get some feedback from them. Don't just go through a, a long presentation. We've all been through those and given feedback on those as well. So Yeah, you can almost guarantee, you, you know, in person, you can at least see that they're looking at you, looking at mm -hmm. the screen, looking at what you're doing. Um, when it's online, you can almost guarantee that they're off um, Googling the news or checking their email or doing things like that. If you're not checking in with them a lot, if you're not asking a lot of questions as you're going through it. Um, so, you know, I highly encourage that discovery process. When it comes to presentations, Andrew, one of my, um, one of the things that I did actually using the MediaFly platform was um, breaking the presentations up into little vignettes. Mm -hmm. And then depending on the situation, you could bring up the scheduling slide or you can bring up the architecture slide or the how we do it slide. You can bring up the slide that has that particular success story or example on it. Um, and you don't present a linear deck. Uh, instead, you're using the technology to find and jump to uh, conversational support and think of your presentation like that instead of, so it's there to support you not to uh, be a crutch or to make or, or the whole conversation and that you're using discovery to know where to go and what to present next. I think the key there, what you just said is using discovery to know what to talk to or what to talk to next, basically. That's the key. No customer or prospect wants to listen about the features that you do and hear the, hear the four things that make us different. They wanna yeah. know what the impact to them is. So starting with that first, which is you've done your research on the organization, you've talked to 20 different people, you know what their incumbent solution is right now, you know why the current uh, solution right now or the current process is currently not working for them. Mm -hmm. Right. If you've established those things from a very high level, um, it makes the conversation go much smoother and saying, hey, we know that this isn't happening here. Here's what makes us different. Here's how we our approach to it. So you're giving your opinion like this is how we do it and asking them to envision how that would work within their organization and waiting for the feedback. Like, yep. don't don't let them out of it. Like, ask the question and wait for them to get the feedback, because that gives you time to actually, you know, counter the argument, complement the argument, whatever 
uh, is happening in the conversation. So. And then if you could use whiteboarding or some other collaborative technique, one of my favorites is the ability to co-create solutions or actually, mm -hmm. you know, almost envision rapid prototype with the customer right then and there. And I know there are some products that are conducive to that. Some are more kind of off the shelf. Uh, you buy it, this is what you get. But anytime you can um, not only do the discovery and kind of guide the uh, pain um, awareness, but then on the solution side, make that interactive as well so that you're uh, leveraging the use cases that they care about and doing discovery on that and co-creating a solution, uh, all the better. One of the things I want to talk to you about next, Andrew, I think is really important through these times, and it has to do with uh, a winning mindset. Um, your customer success team, your growth teams, you know, they, they still have to hit quota during these tough times. And unfortunately, they're going to get a lot of roadblocks that they might not have gotten in the past. In fact, just two short months ago, they might not have gotten the indication that, well, the CFO has frozen all of our budgets. And until, you know, September, nothing is getting approved. Um, or, you know, we, we've gone through cutbacks, we're consolidating vendors, and um, you may not make the list. There's going to be a lot of negativity that gets thrown at uh, team members. Uh, how do you keep that winning mindset going through this and still keep them focused on that prize and sales quota performance? Well, I think there's kind of like three must-dos as a leader. Um, if you just want to manage people, you can manage through fire after fire after fire, but you're going to leave that day and those weeks exhausted. Mm -hmm. You have to really lead through times of crisis um, and times of change like this. So there's a lot of things you can lean on, but there's a few things that you need to focus on, right? I think is, you know, celebrating wins. Um, no matter how big or how small they are, make sure you celebrate those wins during time of crisis, during times of change like this, right? You know, secondly, keep them keep them educated, keep educating your team over and over again. Like if you only have uh, calls with your team once a quarter, get them to down to one to once a week, like mm -hmm. focus in. And so it's reliability. It's saying, Hey, I'm connected to the team. Everybody's working from home. I feel like I have a support system and allow them to keep sharing in team meetings. So it's, again, it's not the talking head of you as a leader going out there but everybody has a, a chance to share or you call out certain things or you ask people to prepare things as you hear them throughout the week. You're like, oh, you just did this with XYZ company. Can you prepare a slide for it and be able to speak to it? This is what I'm looking for in these types of things because mm -hmm. you know, controversy happens, right? You know, Change, controversy, and crisis are the three C's that happen during these weird times. And you, as a leader, you have to be able to lead through those. So celebrate the wins, keep educating your team, you know, sometimes that's bringing in other leaders to your team meetings. Sometimes that's scheduling a separate webinar. Sometimes that's, hey, uh, Joe or Jill just did this great thing with this customer or this prospect. Have mm -hmm. them share their stories. But have them cross uh, learning from each other, basically, I think is a key piece as well during these times because they're going to get no a lot. Um, they're going to get pushback a lot from customers. Even scheduling meetings with current customers or prospects is some of the difficult, most difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm because people are just like they're putting up their they're saying no just because it's easy to say no and they're like well, I have too much to do there's mm -hmm. there's too much going on you know that kind of thing okay so celebrate wins uh keep them educated and supported and was there a third yeah keep sharing make allow the peers to share between each other 
That is a key. Ensure that people can feel supported by their peers, not just by the leadership team as well. So they feel like they're a part of a uh, organization and team. Very good. What's the one piece of advice that you would leave the evolvers with today? Oh, man, that's a really good question, Tom. I think uh, back to the beginning, it's like everyone is is going through this right now. Like we're it, this isn't just your business or just your team or your division. Like everyone is going through this. Uh, you will get in the weeds and you'll have your blinders on because you're trying to fight fires and really trying to maybe enable your teams to be, be able to be better. Her perspective, I think, is a key right now. So don't forget about your past and the other great evolved sellers that and leaders that you've worked with. Um, they might have been peers currently or in the past. You know, the Mary, the Dennis, the John, the Jason, the Chelsea, the Mark, the Kristen, the Dennis, you know, these types of people that you had great experiences with and perspective, that give you perspective, reach out to your network. Tell them, hey, these are the things that I'm going through right now. They're not in the weeds with you right now. They can offer you some perspective, you know, seek them out to help brainstorm, to remember different types of sales strategies and customer success strategies. Um, and remember, sales is supposed to be fun. So make sure you do your groundwork uh, to ensure you're driving value. Um, and you're not, again, late, lonely, or low is a, is a bad way to sell. So make sure you're being proactive ahead of the game. You're working with decision makers and people who can really not just help you in your career, but where you can make an impact for your customer base. I think that's the piece I'd really like to leave people with. Awesome. Andrew Meal, the new Chief Customer Officer for Mediafly, thank you so much for your time today. We'll include your LinkedIn so folks can reach out to you for some of your perspective uh, if they like what they've heard. And um, thank you again. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. This is great.